Here we go, folks. Welcome to Sportsbook Radio from the Brian Blessing Studio in Las Vegas. KSHB 1400 brought to you by Station Casinos and the mighty STN app. I was thinking when I was delivering that. Yeah. I know we always have this banter about it, but I I get this when I'm calling games for UNLV hockey. I get this, this growl that I didn't even know existed. And I wonder if I could conjure that up for the STN app when I say that. Do you think it's... Warranted or is it too early in the morning for I a thought growl? today you would go with a brogue. I was looking for the brogue today. A brogue? On on St. Patty's Day. Oh, that's another thing, too. Anyway, <laughs> I'm Dana Lane along with Stevie Slapshot. Top of the morning to you, Brent. <laughs> My jeez, that is really, really <laughs> loud, Steve. <laughs> NCAA tournament's off and running. You going to watch this today? How, how are you planning? I mean... I, I don't get to. I got one down. I got one yeah. down last night in double overtime. And oh, well done. Now they Irish go on to play Alabama. So you don't get to watch it? Oh, uh, no, because I got my face buried in uh, Twitter and Internet and whatever to find out who's playing, who's not playing. Yeah, I love that. I love that dedication. I got, I got a, Every lineup that comes out, I got to make sure everybody's in. So I have some rants this morning. Okay. I'm to get to our guest. And I, I just... Some things I have to, some good things that happened this morning. It's a very in, impactful morning for me. And we started off with good news as I woke up this morning. And as you know, I'm as I bring in music into this, I'm a huge Def Leppard fan. Brand new record coming out the 27th of May. But today, a brand new single came out called Kick. So very happy. And I, I fired it up. And I said, I mean, please. And I'm not one of these guys that I will always tell you honestly what I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not expecting high and dry. I'm not expecting pyro. I'm not expecting that era. But I am expecting, let's get back to having some, you know, big hooks, uh, you know, big guitars, fun. That's what Def Leppard is to me. This song is fantastic. You said you liked it. Yeah, I did. And the more you listen to it, it's going to get stuck in your head. It's one of these get stuck in your head songs. So, well, maybe we'll play a clip of that as we go on. Do you want to hear it now or do you want to wait? No, let's wait. Okay. Let's wait because then I can talk about it again. Okay. <laughs> so excited. I'm really excited. I, I just I cannot wait for this record. It's been seven years since their last record. Okay. So the other thing is, so today is St. Patrick's Day. It is. And I love St. Patrick's Day. And you know this by the fact that I have inflatables in front of my home (laughs) of Mickey and Minnie. And it's very St. Patrick's Day in front of our house. So today. Yes, because when I think of the Irish, I think of Mickey and Minnie Mouse. It's just we'd like to take. I like the shirt, though. With the with the green. Oh, uh, this is the one I. This is my Maui shirt. Huh? It's the one nice. I got for Maui. Now, now, if 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 Brian were still here, he would grill you for that, as he did on my uh, tropical shirts. But 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 I like it because it's because it's got the green. In. You mean sweater vest guy is going to grill me about my Hawaiian shirt? Yeah, no, he didn't like the, the way sweater vest cargo shorts. <laughs> I mean, it's what he did. Brian Brian's not going to grill me. Oh, he would. Oh, I know he would. And then he'd be, you know, sitting there with his Vegas hockey hotline. Right. Schmedium shirt on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's not not only the cargo shorts, but there wasn't really a belt holding them up. I don't think so. That was always dicey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get down to that part. Yeah, no, well. Oh, you, you... I saw him walk in and out enough. <laughs> Just, it was dicey. Uh, yeah. Yep. There was a car accident going to happen at any minute there. I've had some dicey days. Yeah. So then in relation to the shirt, I was all excited because this is, this is the day where I can, you know, really crush my Notre Dame stuff. I got this brand new, beautiful from, from the Notre Dame bookstore. I got this beautiful pullover. It's got Notre Dame on it. It's green. It's great. So excited to wear it. I go upstairs to get ready, um, you know, uh, shooting hockey videos in the morning, so I have to get dressed a little bit earlier. I go upstairs. My daughters are in the kitchen getting ready for for school, and 
you know, arguing about something. And I look at him and I say, I look at the, my oldest or my middle daughter. She's got my green sweatshirt on. I'm like, what? what are you doing? That's mine. That's today's shirt. And you thought it'd be great. It is great. I'm happy you're wearing it. We got many others. I got jerseys. I got that's the one you have to wear. So that's not working for me. And of course, I have to let her go. And now, you know, I'm supporting my nothing is green Maui shirt. So that I had to do that. And then I had a buddy of mine send me the uh, today, of course, a good thing. Now, it's a very emotional morning so far. A good thing. Today is the start of exhibition games in Major League Baseball. Right. So we can put all this garbage behind us and focus on baseball. Yeah. Twins, Red Sox, kick us off. Uh, first pitch just got thrown a couple minutes ago. Then he sends me a text saying, have you seen this Dodger lineup? And I'm looking at it. A, a lineup that features Mookie Betts leading off, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger. A.G. Pollock is batting ninth. <laughs> You tell me, and I love it when I hear, oh, God, who was it for the Yankees? Uh, they're, they're, oh shoot, their star pitcher there. Uh, he comes out and says, you know, I'm really uh, focused on balance, and I'm focused on making sure that baseball, you know, uh, competitive balance is what he used. Okay. Garrett Cole is what I'm thinking. Okay. And which is rich for Garrett, considering he came from Pittsburgh. Right. So essentially, when we talked to Bernie Fratto last week, essentially what what has happened is they've increased the ceiling for for baseball te- for you know teams to pay a penalty for spending too much, and then for the little guys they've increased the postseason. But you're just going to get crushed by a team that's spending three hundred million, right? You tell me. I, I just – let's get off of Pittsburgh. Let's go to Kansas City. Sure. How are – how does baseball – how does Kansas City go to their fan base and say to them with a straight face, we'd like your money for season tickets. It's going to be a great year. That's a good question. How? <laughs> I don't know how you do it with a straight face. You, how could you possibly do that? Baseball obviously doesn't care. I mean, if, if you're in Kansas City and you don't know that baseball doesn't care about you, you're just not paying attention. Uh, it's You might as well say that it's quadruple A because that's the way it's set up in baseball. Yeah. The economics, it, there's no, you're never going to get a cap. That's never going to happen. At best, down the road, maybe a floor and a ceiling, but you'll never get a ceiling. You're just only going to look for a floor. That's all you're going to get out of baseball. So, yes, I love the sport, and I love the game. But unlike any other sport, I cannot stand the economics of it because I know darn well it is if a lower-level team, and granted, I get it, the, the television money pays for all the – they pay for the, the, uh, the salaries. I get it. Okay, so it is about the owner's willingness to spend money. Well, they're not willing to spend money. They're never going to spend money in Kansas City or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, or, That's never going to happen. So you're telling me that if a team like the Royals who wins the World Series and strikes gold for a year, will that loop to get back to the World Series is 15 years down the road. Yeah. And the loop for Yankees, Dodgers, Boston, the same old suspects, that loop is year to year. So don't talk to me about competitive balance because you don't care about competitive balance. Nobody in baseball does. No. What they care about is eight teams, and what a great story if one of those happens to infiltrate the mighty eight. But they don't want that either, Dana, because the TV they want the they want Boston, Los Angeles, New York because of the TV ratings of in course. the playoffs. Well, they they want the Yankees, Dodgers every year in the World Series. Correct. That would be baseball's perfect scenario. Right, and they could not stand it if a team that spent forty, 
30, <laughs> 50 no. million. If they got in, oh, that's no. devastating for they, Major They don't baseball. want Oakland in the World Series. Absolutely not. Let's just go through uh, today's show. I know there's other things that have bothered me, but we'll, we'll let it go. Show rundown today, Jesse Newell from the uh, uh, Kansas City Star. He's a beat writer for the Kansas Jayhawks. He'll be on to talk about their first round matchup on Vegas Hockey Hotline. Daniel Negreanu, uh, poker legend. He'll be on to talk about that and the Golden Knights. He's a super fan. I got a story about jerseys with him. And then Brian McCormick, a little later on, voice of the Henderson Silver Knights. will finish the show off. Uh, segment number one, starting us off, let's welcome in Vegas handicapping legend, and my yearly college football contest nemesis, Paul Stone from Paul Stone Sports. And you said you're going to have to find a quiet little corner, and I know you're at a viewing party. Have you managed to do that? Are you looking kind of inconspicuous right now? Well, I tell you, Dan, I'm outside the ballroom at the, at the South Point. It's not too loud where I am right now, so a lot of excitement here. Got a pretty, uh, pretty good crowd, so great time of the year. And uh, I tell you, most of those contests we've been in together, it seems like you always come out on top and nudge me at the end. Wow. So, uh, Paul, but it's been that. it's been great competition. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been well. You got the best of me last year for sure. It's uh, it's interesting about handicapping, isn't it? I, I I struggle with it. I don't know if you do, Paul. I mean, is it from year to year you try to add things, and then sometimes by adding to your 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 basic structure. Uh, you subtract sometimes because what you think you're adding is actually uh, not something that's uh, a, a positive to what you're, your overall handicapping. I mean, do you find that you're in a groove right now? I mean, it's like this is the way that I handicap games, and whether it's bas- college basketball or college football, uh, or do you just kind of change things, or are you kind of a, a, a gut handicapper? No, I mean, I have a specific process for sure, Dana. And, I, you know, I've, I've, uh, the last few years I've, I've um, had successful results in both football and basketball uh, on the college side, which is what I specialize in, college sports. But I understand where you're coming from. I mean, you never want to get caught flat-footed uh, using methods that are outdated and statistical data or whatever it might be that doesn't uh, apply anymore. So you have to be – uh, you got to have your uh, your eyes open and your ears perked up to be sure that the, the game's not leaving you behind. And especially as I get a little bit older and some of these new guys that uh, are a little more computer savvy and just uh, know that end of it much better than I do, mm. you know, I've got to be sure that I'm not getting left behind. But I am a person who is pretty uh, committed to my process. I put in a lot of time handicapping and, uh, you know, it's it's worked well for the most part. So I pretty well stick with the same type of approach day in and day out when we started this show i said this is not going to be one of those you know and brian blessing did not when you know when it was his show that's not the way he wanted it we didn't want to have it be a handicapper show but when i do bring guys on when i bring paul on and i bring uh steve when i bring paul on and i bring um andy isco on other guys bruce marshall i mean guys that have been around for a long time that i really trust their opinions i mean to me that adds to the show, and, and Paul certainly uh, is one of those handicappers. Uh, one thing I like about you, Paul, especially when it comes to college football and uh, college basketball, I haven't had a, the pleasure of going head-to-head with you very much, but it, it's your consistency. And do you, you know, talk about how you stay consistent, and not only consistent, I assume being consistent also means that you have to be disciplined at the same time because when things are not going in your direction, you know, we all have a tendency to, to wonder why and to try to change it rather than just trusting in our system. You know, I think the point you just made, Dan, I'll tell you the toughest part of it as a handicapper is when you hit those inevitable uh, dips in performance where it's going against you, you know, and uh, we say all the time, you know, or I say all the time, I'm process-oriented, not results-oriented, but you've got to keep that stuff from, from getting inside your head. You've got to just keep uh, keep plugging away. And, you know, I have pretty well in, in football uh, the last seven years and since I started handicapping college basketball really seriously the last three or four, it seems like I hit anywhere from, you know, 54 to 56% every year. Uh, Which when, is great. When, you know, the, the it's all tallied up. So uh, yeah. I've been really, uh, really consistent, no – no 59 or 62 percent years but just uh, really level so uh, 
you know, as long, you know, kind of like they say, if it's not, uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So, uh, you know, hard work's just what it's about. You know, people think, um, sports handicapping is just, uh, you know, throwing grass up in the wind, uh, up in the air and seeing which way the wind's blowing. But it's just like anything, the harder you work, uh, the more the uh, favorable uh, results find your way. Hey, Paul, we got a game coming up in about 20, 25 minutes, Memphis-Boise. I, I just want to see if you'll make me feel good here. I, I got Boise. I, I, I don't know how Memphis got to 21-10 and 10 this year. They never impressed me as, as that good of a team, especially Hardaway just doesn't feel like a basketball coach. I, mean, I know he knows basketball. I, 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 don't, I just don't see him as a, as a great coach. I think Leon Rice is. So I, I, I've got Boise. The, the, the public moved it to three and a half uh, Memphis. So I, I, I took the three and a half. What do you think of this matchup, Paul? Well, you know, I'm, I'm on a lot of games, but this is actually a game. I don't have a ticket, and I would only take Boise because uh, Coach Hardaway scares me a little bit as well. Uh, my concern is the Tigers have definitely they've gotten healthier later in the year. And they've played better. I mean, the two victories over Houston were, were very impressive for Memphis before they lost in the conference championship game. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit leery of the upside for Memphis. I think Memphis, Memphis's best game uh, is better than Boise's best game. But at the same time, I'm not going to lay three and a half points with Memphis. So I'll, I'll definitely be rooting for you now that I know you have a ticket. Well, I appreciate that. I you really didn't make in. me feel any better, though, Paul. But I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate can you I, rooting for me. Let me just interrupt because I have to tell you, this is my fault. Why is that? This, because our, our friend here, Paul Stone, sent me the games that he's on. Oh, okay. And I failed to relay that information with you. Okay. So it wasn't. But but I but I I just I did want his opinion on, on this game because I, I again I think I'm on the right side but I'm not completely sure. I think so. everybody's on the side you're on. I mean I really haven't heard. Well, that doesn't make me feel better either. I, I, I mean, gonna, it's... But I, in, in that in that vein, uh, Paul, I, I got t- I, I took a ticket on Tennessee, you know, to win the tournament, thinking maybe I can hedge later. But they they were playing really well coming in. Everybody that I talked to was likes Tennessee. Uh, you know, on, on a futures ticket. I'm, 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 I, I hate being on the same side as everybody else. Am I on the wrong side? As far as the futures, you know, I, I was uh, on a media appearance earlier this week. I was asked to have my Final Four ready, and I've got Tennessee in the Final Four. Oh, and good. Also, uh, the other great. teams that I decided on, I didn't want to take all chalk. You know, that's a little bit too plain vanilla. So I, uh, I think I went with Gonzaga and uh, Kentucky and then – Agreed. Tennessee in the South and Iowa in the Midwest. So that was the four four teams I came up with. So Tennessee's playing exceptionally well. Um, you know they, uh, I think before, um, I think they've won thirteen out of fourteen, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken, after uh, after the tournament. So they're uh, they're playing well, and uh, you know they they're a team. Uh, it's just a wide open tournament. I'm sure you guys have talked about it. It's hard outside of. The, Gonzaga to identify any team that really doesn't have any flaws, that doesn't have any warts. So I, I think there's a great possibility for a, a team like Tennessee, even a, and even lower than a third seed, uh, like Iowa being a fifth seed, and maybe even lower to make the Final Four this year. Yeah, they certainly have done well against the number as well, covering uh, 12 out of the last 19 games, if I'm doing the math here correctly. But yeah, I mean, looking at their looking at their schedule is certainly a Certainly going into this tournament, including the run in the SEC tournament, certainly going in on on a high note, which is what you want to, which where you want to be at this point in the year. Let's talk about tonight. A couple games: Arkansas versus Vermont. Arkansas is a five point favorite. The total is about one thirty nine and a half at STN on the STN app. And the Razorbacks they lost in the second round of the SEC tournament, but. They, they're on a 14-3-1 run against the number. They're certainly going to push the pace, and they're not going to give up, give up too many second-chance opportunities. I, I would think that's a team, and uh, those credentials are what you would want to put your money behind. Yeah, this is my, in the first two rounds, these Thursday and Friday games, Arkansas is my biggest bet at minus five over Vermont. You know, Vermont, much like South Dakota State in this early game against Providence, kind of seems to be the flavor of the day. Uh, and the Catamount certainly dominated the America East Conference, but you certainly have to uh, take into account that that's one of the weakest uh, leagues in the nation. 
Uh, they lost in uh, non-conference, did Vermont by 11 at uh, Maryland, lost by three at North Carolina Greensboro, also lost by two on a neutral to Oakland. So they really don't have any real notable victories. I think they did beat Northern Iowa early. So I look more at their non-conference games since the level of competition is so inferior in the conference games. But you look at this Arkansas team, uh, resided in one of the more difficult, if not the toughest conference in the nation, in the SEC. Uh, they've dropped two of their last three, uh, as you mentioned, including in the conference semifinals by 18 to Texas A&M. But I believe in this case, having lost two out of three, I believe that's in our advan- to our advantage here. The Hogs are going to be hungry. They won't be caught napping. Uh, I think this is a team that could still make a deep run in the tournament. If people hadn't watched a whole lot of college basketball this year, J.D. Note, their uh, guard, he's a treat to watch. You can yeah. take a game over. I think Arkansas is going to beat Vermont by double digits tonight in the tournament. And then 20 minutes later, San Francisco, the Dons will take on Murray State. I thought this number might be uh, about a point higher, uh, but two and a half is a good number. We see that, 136 and a half at the STN app. It's really tough to go against a team that shoots almost 50%, which uh, Murray State does at 48%, and they only give up 62 points. So that's a pretty good uh, mixture to to put your money behind. And as you know, K.J. Williams is a fantastic big man. Uh, not so great against Moorhead State, but that's you know really the first time he's been contained in a while. So it, it, to me, Murray State is the side here on, on this one. Yeah, I actually took Murray uh, at plus two at the Sunday night opener, but I, I can still recommend the racers up to minus two. You know, this is a team that's a veteran team, 30-2, and two, one at Memphis by two back in December. Uh, two of their most impressive games uh, came against Ohio Valley. League mate Belmont beat them by a total of 55 points uh, in a pair of blowout victories during conference play. San Francisco, if you guys uh, – perhaps heard they got some bad news this morning there's six nine big man from uh, belarus i believe his last name is pronounced masowski uh guy is going to miss the game unfortunately with a right knee injury uh he's their top rebounder at 9.4 rebounds a game top shot blocker at 2.2 uh, averages 13 and a half points a game he will miss the game tonight uh that's certainly significantly uh hinders the Don's opportunity uh, to win this ball game, And I, uh, I like the racers to beat San Francisco tonight in that ball game. Hey, Virginia Tech and, uh, and, and Texas, uh, Paul, I, I, I got no idea on this game. Can you help me out on this game? Well, I can tell you what my opinion is, and, and maybe uh, maybe that will help out. But, uh, you know, first of all, you look around, around this time last week, Virginia Tech, they only had one pathway to the NCAA tournament, and that was to win four games in four days, and obviously that's exactly uh, what the Hokies did there in Brooklyn. If you remember back against Clemson in their first-round ACC tournament game, they needed a three-pointer at the buzzer in overtime to even win that game. Went on to handle North Carolina and Duke in the semifinals and finals, respectively, by a combined 28 points. Uh, So they come in on a high note. The Texas Longhorns, not so much. Uh, The Longhorns have underachieved. Uh, with, I think it's fair to say uh, most of the season under first-year uh, head coach Chris Beard. They've tried to blend in a lot of graduate transfers, uh, guys they picked up out of the transfer portal. Really has been more uh, off and awkward than on. Uh, in their most recent game, Texas leads by 20 late in the first half against TCU, first-round game in the Big 12 tournament. End up losing that game to TCU by uh, 5.65 to 60. So, I just think Virginia Tech's uh, on an uptick, Texas on a downtick. I'm going to take the Hokies plus one over the Longhorns. We're talking to Paul Stone for Paul Stone Sports. And, Paul, I know you want to get back to your viewing party. We appreciate your time and all the best to you uh, this week. I know it's it's going to be absolutely insane, but we appreciate your 15 minutes. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on, and I'll uh, – jump on with you guys anytime hope everybody has a great tournament yeah we'll see you in the fall again don't be so good again next year please <laughs> well good luck it's nerve-wracking great job <laughs> all right there he goes paul stone from paul stone sports just to give you an update before the break colorado state leads michigan 38 35 with 18 minutes left in the second providence owns an eight-point lead over south dakota state 
Uh, that's at halftime. And, of course, Memphis and Boise State will tip off in about 15 minutes or so. Okay, let's go to break. And when we come back, we will have uh, – uh, yeah. Jesse, Jesse uh, Newell. Thank you so much. I mean, I, I mean, it's only here in big, bold letters. We're going to have Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star, and he'll talk about the Kansas Jayhawks. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous steak bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. This is not the new Def Leppard single. No, it's not. No. Is this Golden Eerie? Or is that is that uh, version? Yeah, yep. Radar Love, but yep. it's Golden Eerie. Okay, yep. got it. Okay, good. Look at you. Cool. Colorado <laughs> State has a three-point lead with uh, 15.52 to go in the second second half. And we already talked about Providence, eight-point lead over South Dakota State. And Chuck uh, over at Station Casinos just tweeted out the 15 well he sent me this fifteen thousand dollar bet on tennessee talk about tennessee minus 18 fifteen thousand to take them almost 29 grand ain't bad yeah there goes my wager 
<laughs> I know. I, I wanted to every time you know the, you see these big wagers get thrown out, and you you almost want to keep track because every time I see one of these things, I'm like, oh man, I'm hoping I'm on a on a different side of that, but. Anyway, welcome back to Sportsbook Radio, powered by Station Casinos and the STN app. I'm Dana Lane, along with Stevie Slapshot. Another matchup tonight, starting at 6.57 Pacific time. Texas Southern's taking on the Jayhawks from Kansas. Jayhawks, a massive 21, 21 21.5 point favorite, total 144.5. And the Jayhawks, you know, I mean, this is a team that's played in, what, nine, uh, nine, uh, Sweet 16 or nine finals, winning three of them. It seems like they're always in the mix. Uh, and, and you kind of, when you take a step back, you think, wow, what a great recruiting job. I mean, we talked about this last week with Wyoming, and, and they just, it is a constant turning over the soil, my favorite line. And, and they're always uh, involved, in, if not Sweet 16, but very, very few times do you, is it always an early out. I remember. You know, years back when they played UNLV in the tournament, I thought, man, there's, I hope, I hope they stay within the number, but that <laughs> they haven't been back to the Sweet 16 since 2018, and it, yeah, I, that seems like an eternity for this program. Let's welcome in Jayhawks beat reporter for the Kansas City Star, Jesse Newell, and Jesse, you know, you've had a, you, you know, you've had a great run as a university or a basketball program when four years seems like an eternity of not making the Sweet 16. Uh, of course, there was a COVID year and factored uh, in that as well. But uh, what a remarkable job this program and Lawrence, Kansas, has done year after year to consistently be in the mix. Yeah, they hired good coaches. You know, um, Bill Self has kept this thing rolling. And uh, you mentioned so many hats with the job. You know, you got to recruit, you got to develop. And it just depends on the year. It seems like whatever they need done is, is what they get done, especially a year like this year where some of their top players, Otai Baji, Christian Brown, even you know, a guy like Dewan Harrison there, all local kids who were not that highly ranked coming uh, out of high school and into college. So, yeah, it's, it's been uh, a really nice run for Phil Self, obviously, and I think uh, I'm going to get this number wrong, but KU basketball in its history has only had like eight or nine coaches, and the first one was James Naismith, so – if that's something your program can boast, then uh, your program is in pretty good shape. Well, they're first in regular season conference championships. You've only had 62 of those. You've had 14 consecutive, uh, or had a run of 14 consecutive uh, conference championships, which is also first in the NCAA as far as that's concerned. And you've also made the tournament 30 consecutive years, which is still ongoing. So if that will give you an idea uh, of how how great and how consistent uh, this program has been. Talk to me about the losses to TCU and Baylor, and maybe that's why the the Jayhawks kind of left the map uh, of people, uh, you know, their thinking process when uh, they lost those two games, and fairly recent. But you know, is it is it incorrect in the thinking those two losses might have woke that program up and said, okay, we're you know we got to get back on track. And of course, one of those was was to Baylor, so uh, no shame in that. But you know, sometimes those losses are a positive moving forward. Yeah, it's funny you said that. That's actually what I asked a bunch of the players and Coach Phil Self yesterday because uh, getting ready for the game tonight here in Fort Worth, and Fort Worth is the site of KU's last loss, which was uh, at TCU, the one you mentioned on March 1st. Those guys kind of talked about it being a, a wake-up call of sorts. Uh, I know one guy, Chris Tian, said that in the locker room that Otai Abaji, who's the team leader, kind of stepped up and said, hey, this is not how the season's going to go down. You know, this is not how my senior year is going to end, that sort of thing. And when he, you know, normally he's kind of a, a robot, kind of just very mechanical and doesn't show too much emotion. When he kind of got emotional in the locker room about that sort of thing, I think it did wake some of his teammates up. But ever since then, KU has paid better attention to detail, and most of all, they played better defense. That's the thing that kind of has helped this team back throughout the course of the year. Offensively, they've been really good. They can run. They're great in transition. They've got a bunch of uh, scoring wings who can get uh, off the dribble drive, downhill off, off the drive, and, and able to get to the rim and score that way. But defensively, it's kind of been the question mark. They've, they've switched and they have rotations, and sometimes they're not perfect, and so that has led to some breakdowns on that end. But lately, they've been really good, and you look back at the Big 12 championship against Texas Tech, KU goes 5 for 22 from three-point range. 
yet still wins that game by nine points. So I think that speaks to kind of how they're come together. And usually both teams do defensively later in the year. Sometimes it's late January, early February. It really felt like this team kind of did that in uh, early March. So a little bit different, but that might be why there's a little bit hope, more hope for Kansas moving forward. It's just that it seems like some of the defensive issues have been uh, figured out lately, or at least they've had a nice run in the last few games where uh, that has not been as big of a problem as it was earlier in the year. Jesse, talk about Bill Self and the relationship with the school there. I mean, it's it was kind of interesting that he signed a lifetime contract, which you almost never see. I don't even couldn't even name somebody else that has that. Uh, he actually signed that three days before Travis Goff was named the AD in April. Did they just want to sign him so the new AD knew that was going to be our basketball coach and you didn't have to worry about that part of your job? Yeah, it's funny how Kansas does these things sometimes because uh, actually the person who hired Bill Self was an interim AD as well. <laughs> so, right, exactly. Uh, Bill Self got, got hired by an interim AD back whatever that was, 18, 19 years ago. Uh, and then he got extended this for a lifetime contract with an interim AD. And I think there are just some things that um, the fan base as a whole, or I guess the top donors as a whole, sort of understand or have a come to a pretty good consensus on. And, and Bill Self is one of those. I mean, the guys loved around these parts, you know, for the most part. I mean, sometimes after losses, all the crazy fans will say what they want. But uh, he's a personality. He understands how to deal with the fan base. He obviously keeps this team at an elite level every single year. The thing that's impressed about him is they don't have dips. You know, there might be years where Kentucky or North Carolina don't make the NCAA tournament, but KU has been a top four seed every single year under Bill Self. And uh, I think a, a one seed, either eight or nine of the 18 years that he's been able to play, obviously not counting that 2020 year where they were going to be the number one overall seed. So that kind of consistency has uh, remained throughout his entire tenure, and, you know, like I said, like I said, for the most part, people love him around here. Obviously, the NCAA case uh, will be resolved here at some point, and so that will um, change things up, and we'll see how much KU gets punished for that, but uh, the potential, you know, for him to remain long-term in Lawrence, that was obviously extended with that lifetime contract, and so I'd expect to see him around here unless something unexpected happens when that NCAA case is finally decided. Hey, Jesse, the, the Jayhawks are loaded. I mean, Abaji, Braun, Wilson, McCormick, Martin transfers in, Harris. And, and yesterday, all over the Internet, they're making a big deal about Mitch Lightfoot and the injury. Am I missing something here? What, what's his status going in? Why, why is that such a big deal? Well, it's a big deal because Bill Self plays guys he trusts, and Mitch Lightfoot's a six-year senior, and I uh, – He's a guy that Bill Self really trusts behind Dave McCormick. So, you know, this time of year, I mean, those sorts of things are going to be the storyline because um, right now they just sort of need to play the games. I mean, if your backup big who plays 10 to 12 minutes a game is, is the big news story, then, yeah, maybe maybe we need to be finding other topics. But he did sprain his knee in the Big 12 tournament. He had a really good Big 12 tournament. He was on, in line to be on the um, all-Big 12 tournament team before he had that injury in the championship game against Texas Tech. But... Like I said, he's not the most athletic. He's not the biggest, uh, but he is the backup uh, guy behind Dave McCormick, and Dave McCormick has a foot injury that he's dealing with on his own. So Kansas sort of gets thin at the big man position pretty quickly uh, behind David, and sometimes it's kind of been a merry-go-round of Bill's off trying to figure out who that next guy should be. So it's a storyline. Um, it probably isn't against Texas Southern. Uh, but watching how that knee heals up and potentially how much Bill Self is going to put Mitch Lightfoot in there, it's something to watch. Because like I said, right now, Mitch would be in line to get 10, 15 minutes per game. Maybe more if there's foul trouble or Dave McCormick's ineffective. But Dave McCormick's the unquestioned starter. If he can stay in there and, and manage that foot injury, then he should be just fine to get a majority of the minutes. Like I said, Remy Martin transfers in uh, to Kansas. Had got, got off to a slow start. but I, I, I think he had maybe trouble fitting in. Then he got injured. What are you expecting from Remy Martin in this tournament, Jesse? Yeah, it's been the Remy Martin experience, guys. <laughs> he, he came in as you know a ball-dominant point guard who would take whatever shot he wanted at Arizona State. Then he's trying to fit into KU's scheme, and that didn't always go well early. And then he had a knee injury midway through the season where he banged knees uh, with an opponent. I think it was Nevada. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Nevada on December 29th. And then um, – there was kind of this back and forth where I think Bill Self thought he should be playing through it, and Remy wanted to be fully healthy before he came back, and then Remy tried to play through it, and it didn't go so well. So finally, they all got together and decided he should sit a few weeks. And so he hasn't been back that much, but you want to talk about guys on the uprise. Uh, against Texas Tech, that's the fastest, the quickest that we've seen Remy Martin around these parts. 
basically the whole season. And so it seems like that injury is healed. Uh, he can create more offensive opportunities in the half court than uh, his counterpart, Dewan Harris. Now, Dewan Harris still self-describes as sort of money in the bank, so he's pretty much a steady performer, but he doesn't have the offensive skill set that Remy Martin has. And like I said, Remy Martin's kind of like a roller coaster. I mean, he could mess up a defensive assignment. He could get back down on that end. He could screw up an offensive play. But then, oh, by the way, he can shake two defenders, get to the lane, put up an off-balance jumper, and it goes in. And you score two points on a possession where you might not have earned those two points. So that's sort of important this time of year. Sometimes you just need a dude to go out there and get you a bucket. And so for Bill Self to have a little bit more faith in Remy Martin at this point in the season, I think it's a positive for Kansas. And for them to have a potential guy they can go to in crunch time, if, if the defense is locked down and you just need somebody to go get a difficult shot, Remy can be that guy. So I think that was a major positive development for Kansas this last week in Kansas City. We're talking to Jesse Newell, the beat reporter for the Kansas City Star. And Jesse, I'm not sure how worried you are about the Tigers tonight, but they do have a deep bench. They will rotate guys in and out. They will have fresh bodies on the floor. Uh, is it more of let's just get through this and, and you know get a lead and play well defensively, not create any bad habits against the team that we should be? But uh, from our vantage point here in Vegas, I mean, this is uh, a team that is 12-2-2 against the spread in their last 16 neutral site games. So it may not be you know that 25-30 point blowout that people think it's going to be, but uh, I would assume that they'll give you a little bit of an issue, and, and it won't be uh, because anybody is tired on their end because I think they go at least 8-10 to 10 deep. Yeah, they do go 10 deep. They have the deepest bench in the nation. And uh, just for you guys or whoever else is checking out there, I do a, a quick scout blog. I've been doing it actually for eight or nine years now, but I do a pick against the spread every nice. single day you get. So if you uh, go, people want to check that out, uh, nailing – 54% over the last nine years. So that won't win you many mortgage payments. There's nothing wrong with that. Not, I will not lose you mortgage payments either. Um, so rallied back from a 6-15 and 15 start this year. Now at, uh, let's see, what is it? Uh, I'm two games under, so I think it's 16-18. and 18. So um, a major 10-3 and three run here lately. <laughs> I need a 900 number. Uh, get me one. So, uh, But actually, I like Kansas a lot in this game. Um, not only just because you guys mentioned Texas Southern's had a crazy travel schedule. Birmingham, Dayton out of Fort Worth, five games in nine days because the SWAC tournament was late, but um, also just the competition they face in the SWAC. Uh, Ken Palm has their conference ranked 32nd out of 32 teams, and some of these teams I struggled with, just to be honest, um, it's not not screaming that this is an amazing quality team if you're having to struggle with some of these lower teams in the SWAC earlier in the year, like Texas Southern did. So we'll see how it plays out, but I've actually got uh, Kansas winning and covering uh, both in this game, and uh, also, I've been interested to track. I don't know if you guys have done this yet either, but um, there's a, a site out there called ShotQuality.com that uh, has kind of had some interesting numbers out there. And I know they really are on the Jayhawks tonight and don't like Texas Southern as much as some of the uh, metrics out there, uh, the Ken Palms of the world would have you believe. So um, interested to see how it goes. But I think the one thing you would look at for Kansas is, will they play tight? You know, it's the NCAA tournament. There's a lot of pressure. They're the last game of the day, all those sorts of things. But maybe the good news for them is Texas Southern turns it over a bunch. And I just told you, KU is great in transition. So well, one, way to get the ner- one way to get the nerves to go away, get some easy buckets, then potentially KU can do that against the Tigers. Exactly what I was just going to say. I expect Kansas to come out and pressure this team that has no stranger to turn into ball over, and they create offense through their defense. And if they're able to do that, that 21-point number will uh, will go away really quick. I mean, it might be – I'm looking at, you know, first half in at 14, 15, maybe even 16 range, and then kind of you know, going through the motions in the second half, just making sure there's not a, a deep run. But Kansas, on paper, obviously, is the better of the two. I think – uh, they're going to take advantage uh, of the sloppiness that Texas Southern has shown many times this year. Yeah, that's basically how I'm going. I, I mean, I was going to pull the score up there. I think I have 86-56 Kansas, so, or I'm sorry, 89-59, so I guess that would be a play for the over two. The only worry there, again, some nerves uh, potentially for Kansas. We'll see how they shoot the ball. And, you know, Texas Southern has had some de- decent interior defense. Um, they have a transfer from Houston who's played uh, pretty well this year, but kind of like we talked about, I mean, they do the five-for-five-man rotation, so he's not even out there all the time and is pretty foul-prone as well. So I think if Kansas starts to get those easy buckets going, it might get out of control. The one thing to watch, and you mentioned it with the first half number, uh, KU's bench has had a tendency to kind of blow some of these uh, covered leads late. So uh, That's that right. is something yeah. to watch for uh, late in the game, and if you were going to go for the first half, uh, that would be something to look at too. 
Hey, Jesse, you guys played Baylor twice. I, I want to get your opinion on, on the Bears. I, I was really surprised that they were made a, a number one seed. I, Cryer's out for the first uh, two games of this tournament. I, I have a feeling he's not going to play in this tournament at all. That's a significant foot injury that he has. Were you surprised that Baylor was a number one seed? You know, actually, I wasn't. Um, again, if you're looking at some of these advanced metrics out there, the, the Ken Palms of the world and the efficiency numbers, Baylor dealt with a ton of injuries, but they sort of stayed pretty steady throughout that. And um, we can talk about the guys that they don't have, but that also probably wouldn't get up, give enough credit to the guys that they do have. And potentially, you know, Jonathan Chamachachua inside was a beast. I mean, the guy hustled and rebounded, all those sorts of things. But, I mean, like, like for example, when Kate when KU played Baylor down there, Baylor's best player was Jeremy Sohan. And he only played because Jonathan Chamachacha was out. You know what I mean? So in some ways, it allowed Baylor to go to the smaller lineup and unlo- unlock, unleash some pieces that they might not have before. And, you know, you go over their top players. I mean, Akinjo's good. I mean, he was first-team All-Big 12. You got Matthew Meyer, who's a dangerous shooting weapon. Uh, Kendall Brown is super athletic on the wing. I just talked about Sohan, who's able to drive you, especially if he plays at the five position. Uh, Flagler's been great for them over the course of the year, and, and he's been healthy and not healthy, but he's be healthy at the right time. So I like their team. Um, I, I hate their region. You know, that's that's the problem for me looking at them moving forward. I think they got stuck in a pretty difficult place. But I'm not shocked that they maintain that one seed. I would have thought that they would have done that before the Big 12 tournament and before they lost to Oklahoma. But um, all in all, I would say compared to what their road has been with injuries, which has been up and down, I would say that they've been pretty steady. And so – Dodgers kind of got that going. You know, 2020, they would have been a one seed if the tournament happened. Last year, they won the title, a one seed, and this year, a one seed. So, uh, a pretty good program right now, and the last three years have been pretty successful for Scott Drew and the Bears. So, Jesse, because you speak our language, I'm assuming you like Kansas City, or yeah, Kansas, I'm looking at your Kansas City star, uh, Kansas minus <laughs> the points today against uh, Texas State, or Texas Southern. Yeah, yeah, like I said, uh, I've got a quick scout. Um, uh, story blog, whatever you want to call it, that's up there. You can check out all the uh, the ATS numbers that I've got up. But yeah, I've got I've got KU eighty nine fifty nine. Like I said, that that's a lot of points, especially for these NCAA tournament games when teams are sometimes a little bit um, sloppy and or nervous. But like I said, I think KU can get some steals early. I get some points in transition, and sometimes when uh, you get the big lead, that bucket becomes big and all of a sudden you can make some of those shots. So, yeah, I got KU big in this one. Is it me? I'm watching some of the early games. Is it me or is this basketball look oranger than normal? I mean, do I have to adjust the color on the TV or something? (laughs) Have you noticed that at all? Yeah, I sent out a Twitter message to people that said, hey, somebody give me the scoop here. Has anybody written about this? And they did change the ball. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. This is a new new basketball. It looks – I called it radioactive orange is what I call it, but it is bothering me way too much. I feel old school uh, in saying that the ball should be darker. It feels like those ones that were all rubber when you grew up. You know what I mean? Like, if it was that bright orange, it was a bad basketball. So I just keep looking at it thinking, the NCAA brought the worst basketball to the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I guess it's not that. I guess we're going to have to watch that and adjust our eyes to that. How many times, and I appreciate you coming on, uh, Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star, how many times have people – especially when you're talking to maybe a generation uh, a little bit older than you, how many times have they wanted to call you Pete? <laughs> I mean, uh, not enough. You you've know? never I been wish. called Pete I, I because I, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's been there what? all day. I, I will take it as a compliment for sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you want to call me Pete, that's totally good, and I, I will take the compliment. At some point, I probably need to go to the Ancestry.com and figure out how many uh, how many cousins we are away from each other, you know, just to give myself yeah. some credit. I, I did that, but it just brought on depression, so I, I stopped. <laughs> I, I really just went too deep, and, I, I, you know, I said that's enough for my, descript- uh, my subscription. Jesse, hey, we appreciate you coming on. It's awesome to talk about other teams and get the beat writer's perspective, and that is the real perspective. It's not the – you know, the fluff perspective from a, you know, a reporter that's employed by the team. And, and you were fantastic, and we appreciate your help. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. There he goes, Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. Talking about this Jayhawks. He's pretty all in on, on Kansas today. It's a big number. I, I stay away from these numbers. Yeah. I, I don't like these numbers no, because no, no. what these numbers indicate. In fact, I always have a rule that it's a double digit or less. For or, you know, less than double digits for me, 
because this just indicates to me there's you throw in the variable of okay how oh there it is there it is that's new Def Leppard kick from the new record coming up on May 27th Diamond Star Halo Halos Uh, how long can we play this without getting in trouble uh, no, no one's listening. Uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go right up to the top of the hour if you want. Uh, fantastic. So I always stay under that because I always feel like I'm getting uh, a, a team that just is so much worse than uh, than the other, even if you're giving me points. Right. I mean, we, we saw this the other night with, with Brooklyn, with the Nets when they played Orlando. I mean, with it, they beat them by 42. They put up 150 points. And I was more than happy to be on the Nets in that one. But I was getting a good number, even though I knew the teams were not even close to each other. Well, and so often, the, the, the team who's that big of a favorite, oh, you know, in the third, fourth quarter, they're going to take the foot off the gas. Yeah, and like they said, this is what I, I can't... And like I said, I think Kansas is going to get out to that 16, 17-point lead and maybe win the second half by three. Right. You know, that sort of thing, sure. getting ready for the next game. Right. Yeah, I've seen this a hundred times. So mm-hmm. I... The number under double digits always indicates I have two teams that are fairly close, uh, even if it's in that 8-9 range where I know one's got a little bit of an advantage. But we're not talking about 17, 18-point uh, games. I, I don't I don't want to be involved in that. No, I, I agree with you. I, I also don't like big numbers in college and pro football. I, I just it's, I, I stay away from those games. Man, this is so good. It's the best way to wake up in the morning. It's been seven years since a new record came out. I can out. think of a better way. Well, I'm a married man. <laughs> so I, I, get, I get excited by new Def Leppard. That does it for Sportsbook Radio today. We want to thank Jesse Newell, Don't Call Me Pete, from the Kansas City Star. Also, Paul Stone from paulstonesports.com. He's fantastic. He's a really good handicapper. I'm not... And I don't put that on people without really You've never said that about me. So obviously do not put that on people. That's right. I, that's exactly why. <laughs> we'll be back to Vegas Hockey Hotline, sponsored by Station Casinos and the STN app. We'll be back with Daniel Negreanu will join us, poker legend here in Vegas, and, of course, super Knights fan. And we'll talk about the Vegas Golden Knights and their game tonight against the Florida Panthers.